Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan Minnesotan accents. Oh, yeah. There it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Don't you know? So, uh, yeah. my yeah. name yeah. is Kenyon. I'm Lucy. My, ew, that was some. <laughs> that, that was like was a some, little bit daddy voice. That was dripping. I know, with I was going daddy. for it. Oh, daddy okay. loves me. My you. name's Amanda, and I've been bad. Okay. <laughs> Oh. It's gonna be a long episode. It really is. <laughs> Aren't they all? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. <laughs> we have a very special gals pick. Oh, finally. It's only been like <laughs> six months. Oh, my God. It's amazing. I mean, I will say the fan picks are typically a little more creative than yeah. our own picks. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. They're more niche. Yeah. We gotta get that low-hanging fruit every now and then. Yeah. You sure do. We decided we wanted to have like a little sort of tie-in with Valentine's Day. Yep. Uh, So our topic this week is love triangles. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Deadly. (laughs) Don't Um, you know. (laughs) So I need some fucking wine. So what's our wine crime pairing, Amanda? I mean, you couldn't do an episode on love triangles without drinking menage a trois. Yeah. <laughs> Doy. They are two different things, and we will get to it. That's oh, true. I'm sure we will. <laughs> uh, this is the menage a trois California red blend. It is the 2014 vintage, mm. and the notes on their website are incredible, so allow me to share. <clears throat> We promise you a luscious love affair. We'll tease you with our bold blackberry and raspberry nature. Add pink to your cheeks with our sassy red fruits, (laughs) all while indulging you with our rich, splendiferous, full-bodied flavors and firm tannins. Uh, We'll even flirt with any carnivore lover, sizzling meat or savory chicken, anyone? If you've never tried a menage a trois, let us be your first. Did Stephen oh, Miller write those wine notes? That is the worst thing I've ever heard. I don't know. I'm horny, you guys. Also, sizzling meat or savory chicken, you know my love language. <laughs> yeah. Talk sexy to me about meats and my panties are dropping. Carnivore lover? Sweats. I don't. It's it not. It doesn't make any sense. It makes Want no some sense. chicken? It's mm, basically what Sizzling that said. meat or savory chicken, anyone? <laughs> also, God, that was uh, gross. I did pregame a little bit, went out to dinner, yeah. and um, on the wine menu, they had like crisp and flirty, like, you know, like mm. different categories, like, you know, categories of types of wines kind of. Cute. Yeah. And one of them was quaffable. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love when what people listen. I don't know. Let's Google. It's queefable. Quaffable. It was like quaffable and something. And then another one said like elegant and feeding. Ooh. 
Were like you that. in? Was this like a translation error? No, I've seen quaffable before for quaffable, sure. Apparently, for it wine refers notes. to wine. Yeah, yeah, it means easy to drink. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it's some, like palatable. Some words I need to be retired. Um, at know. one of the bars we hung out at when we were living in China, they had a cocktail menu, and it was just rife with misspellings and mistranslations. And my favorite one was well, two. Oh, uh, you could order a margatita. or you could order a screwed river perfect (laughs) instead of screwdriver i love it i love it or a harvey (laughs) valbange okay what is that it's It's like like a a harvey Harvey wallbanger but they spelled it with the v and they left off the r so it was just (laughs) valbange that sounds so fancy harvey valbange (laughs) <laughs> anyway, this blend is 48% Zinfandel, 37% Merlot, and 15% Cab Sauve. Cab this wine Sauve? is a fresh, it's quaffable with a fresh, <laughs> ripe, jam-like fruit that is the calling card of California wine. It's fruit forward, which you get from the Cab and Zinfandel, with a silky and smooth texture, which you get from the Merlot. Mm-hmm. And this wine has a nice long finish. You hear that a lot, a wine having a long finish. And I just want to touch on what that means. Yeah. Long, referring sounds to the sexual. finish. It is sounds a little sexual, but mm. it refers to the aftertaste of the wine. So this is like the sensation and the flavors that stay with you after you've swallowed or spit, but who the fuck does that? Do you work on like <laughs> transcendental meditation? I heard that you yep. can have a longer finish. You're damn right. <laughs> um, <laughs> saying a wine has a long finish is almost always a good thing, unless, of course, you don't like the flavor and then you would not want it to linger on your palate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tantric. Um, <laughs> so you could get this wine at Total Wine Bloomington. <laughs> They or need really to any us. wine retailer. You can literally see Menage a Trois everywhere that sells wine. Um, it retails in the ballpark of seven bucks a bottle. Ooh. And I have actually, yeah, I've had this many times. I actually really like it. It's a great go-to table red. It's smooth. It's drinkable, quaffable. <laughs> um, it pairs with a lot of different foods, sizzling meat or savory chicken, anyone? <laughs> um, obviously, I love a good carnivore. Same. <laughs> obviously, others don't always agree with me about the quality of the products that we taste. And certainly this is no different as I was doing some research on this wine. I came across a few reviews and I thought this one in particular was worth sharing. Drano one star. (laughs) This was a gift. I would never buy this swill myself. Objectively. One of the worst wines I've ever had. I drink about 12 bottles a month for about 20 years. I don't understand how anyone would like this junk. Maybe your junk taste buds have been fried off. Yeah. Let's pop this swill open with one of our Give me some Drano. Wine keys and tip back that Drano, shall we, folks? Ready. All right. Take it away, Lucy. Okay. Just getting her open. Oh, don't spill her and all. We'll train it too. Okay. Ready? Mm. Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's so easy with our new nice pop wine key. Is it? Yeah, as she struggles. Right, ready? It's, it's so coming. Ready? Yep, oh, God. Yep. Oh, God. Oh, oh, 
Oh my god. Powerful. (laughs) Maybe this is a wanky. Hello, nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm so excited. Well, Well, that Drado really packs a punch. So, Lucy, what is our background in psych for love triangles? Okay, let's do this. Love triangle, defined as, since you know I like to start with the definition. Is it an isosceles love triangle? Mm -hmm. We'll get to the shapes. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Okay, it's a romantic and or sexual relationship involving three or more people. So, Mm -hmm. like, you could have maybe, like, a love hexagon. Oh, oh, yeah, been definitely. Mm-hmm. College. But the triangle, Hi. you know, implies imbalance. And we'll get to the problems mm. that that might entail. Mm-hmm. My tri- last love triangle, I literally had a, I had this great bedroom in my old apartment in Northeast that had, like, a private entrance uh, to the back of the house. And then I could also enter from the front of the house. Hi. Entendre. Um, <laughs> and I dismissed a suitor out the back door and like five minutes later welcomed a new suitor at oh. the front door. You are <laughs> they living were your ships best life. passing in the night. It was so close, you guys. <laughs> I was sweating. The, the new guy arrives and you just like tip him like he's some kind <laughs> of like <laughs> Uber Eats driver. delivery man. Yeah. yeah, thank you for delivering the sex thank so you promptly. So much. I will leave a five star rating. <laughs> Too bad you couldn't track him on like an app. <laughs> Time it out a little better. Okay, we need to make that app. So the term love triangle implies that not all three are in a relationship with each other because that would be like a poly relationship, a little more balanced, Mm -hmm. Um, but that they do have some kind of relationship. So it might be a friendship. It might be familial. Um, It implies that all three know each other is what I'm saying. Okay. Right. Um, So it's not just necessarily a straight up affair. Okay. Consent is key. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are, so, so yeah, two of the people have a primary relationship and then there's a third one thrown in there for one reason or another. It's, it's like I said, imbalanced. So mm-hmm. a love triangle can also, is also known as an eternal triangle, ick. Mm-hmm. So in geometric terms, the eternal triangle can be re- represented as comprising of three points, a jealous mate, we'll call that A, in a relationship, Mm -hmm. an unfaithful partner, B, Mm -hmm. who has a lover, C, Mm -hmm. A feels abandoned, B is between two mates, and C is a catalyst for crisis in the union between A and B. Nailed it. it. My case is right on point. I was a little bit Uh worried. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So this is not to be confused with... And this is from the Wikipedia page, so I just I had to touch on these two. So not to be confused with the triangular theory of love, which is a theory developed by Robert Sternberg, a psychology professor at a number of prestigious universities. He says that in the context of interpersonal relationships, and that would be versus saying, like, I love seven-layer dip. Mm-hmm. You know, like love. Although I'm sure Amanda could come up with a case for that as well. <laughs> I mean, how much time you got? <laughs> well, I'll try to apply these to a seven-layer dip. So the three the three components are um, 
uh, intimacy, passion, and commitment. Mm-hmm. I have a passion for, for bean dip. I really do. I also have a very strong commitment to bean dip. You mm-hmm. guys are losing me. Do we need these three things to, we need to have these about seven layer dip or are they components of a seven layer dip? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that these are the components of inter of uh, love in an interpersonal relationship context versus saying love like I love bean dip. Oh. You love a person, like a re- possibly reciprocal love with a oh. person. The layers mm. threw me off because I was like, what are the other four layers? I forgot what this entire episode is about and <laughs> just want to talk about bean dip. So let's it's keep going. Dip. Okay. Love dip crimes. Dips. Dip crimes. Dip triangles. <laughs> dip set. Oh my God. I had chips and salsa for lunch today. And mm. let me tell you, I might have to take a break and run to the bathroom. <laughs> It was good salsa. Oh, my God. It was great. Okay. So also not to be confused with um, a menage a trois, so appropriate with our wine pairing. That is French for household of three. So technically, it is defined as a domestic arrangement with three people who have romantic and or sexual relations with each other um, occupying the same household. It's Mm -hmm. sort of a, a form of polyamory. Mm-hmm. And then we could also call a polyamorous relationship with three people is sometimes called a thruple. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was so, trying to find out how to spell it. It's spelled a couple different ways, but I use the the O. So T-H-R-O-U-P-L-E, like couple with a T-H-R. Oh, okay, okay. I was worried that love triangle was going to be defined as person A has feelings for person B and person B has feelings for person C. And person C has feelings for person A. So there are two kinds of love triangles. Um, uh, yeah, okay, we'll get to that. Okay, two. there are two main types of love triangles. The first one is a rivalrous love triangle where the lover is competing with a rival for the love of the beloved. Right. Okay. <laughs> so two people competing for one person. So if you're like envisioning the triangle... You're like starting from the bottom two people and then they're fighting for that top point person. Mm -hmm. Or there is a split object um, love triangle where the lover is splitting their attention between two people. Okay. So there are two different types. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. But it's not just like, I guess, a love circle where like nobody can't get no satisfaction. That was a triple Mm -hmm. negative. That, That would be a polyamorous relationship. So, like, love's triangle implies that, like, eh, it's someone, someone's going to lose out. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah, actually, my next line, a love triangle implies that one or more members get screwed in the end and not in a good way. Uh-huh. And je- jealousy and unrequited love usually come into play. And, and also during my, I know. <laughs> yeah. And this sometimes show, for suicide. Sure. But that's oh. hopefully not what this is about. Oh, Okay. Um, I found a good word while doing my research, limerence. Ooh. Have either of you heard this Do word tell. before? No. I don't believe I have. Limerence is the state of being of being infatuated. In a limo. Or, what? No. <laughs> Lim, not to be confused with limericks. Limerence. <laughs> the state of being in a limousine. The state <laughs> limerence. And shiny. <laughs> While listening to yeah. Evanescence. <laughs> Limo rich is what you're thinking of. <laughs> oh, right. Right, right, right. 
Okay, limerence, the state of being infatuated or obsessed with another person, typically experienced involuntarily and characterized by a strong desire of reciprocation of one's feelings, but not primarily for a sexual relationship. So it's like a good old-fashioned crush, mm-hmm. limerence. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's more than attraction. It's just like you kind of, yeah. It's more it's a than crush. a feeling. My, oh. my, <laughs> my feelings for Sam Ewan of Outlander. Yes. yes. For Kristen Stewart. <laughs> Oscar Limerence. Isaac. I'll, I'll go on. <laughs> um. <laughs> you don't need to. <laughs> Uh, statistically, most Americans have been involved in a love triangle, whether they knew it or not. Because, of course, oh. one party in the love triangle, like if it's a split object love triangle, you might not know that the person who you have a relationship with is having a relationship right. with somebody else. Adultery. Mm-hmm. 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 Right. Yeah. Even two people might not know if they're really good at time management. Yeah. Like Amanda. Yes. I mean, I'm good at time management. However, <laughs> I have a very short attention span and I'm a really like disorganized person who's a very bad liar. Mm-hmm. So like I, <laughs> New Twitter this, bio. Is, this is why I'm incapable of cheating is just, I'd never fucking get away with it. Mm-hmm. I would never get away with it. You would know immediately. Yeah. I would call you by the wrong name. I would yeah. get schedules mixed up. Yeah, it would be, be that really scene at, at the it. end of Mrs. Doubtfire when Robin Williams is changing costumes <laughs> in the same <laughs> restaurant. Like that would be me. Like it would be absurd. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Your face is half peeled off. You're Hello. covered in pasta. <laughs> For like no real reason. She just always carries around a pie just in case. Yeah. I mean, this is the only way to make it work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Stereotypically, the person at the center of a rivalrous love triangle is a woman with two men fighting over her. And Mm. the person at the center of a split object love triangle is a man torn between two women. Mm -hmm. So... Um, this can be related to the prevalence of polygyny, polygyny, polygyny over polyandry. So, so a man with ha- having multiple wives is far more common than a woman with multiple husbands. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can see that polygyny is a man having multiple wives, and polyandry is a woman having multiple husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just stereotypically, but like. Evidence-wise, it's really even across the board. It's just, and it you know, can be there's, any no, there's no real gender lines going on right. here. Right. Gender is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some Freudian shit. Oh, yeah. I hate Freud. As someone studying psychology, Freud is like the bane of my existence. As someone who loves really cigars. Uh, <laughs> uh, get out. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> Um, okay, so Freud is problematic, but it's also kind of interesting when we talk about it in relation to certain things. So psychoanalysts have looked at the roots of erotic love triangles in conjunction with an Oedipal complex. Mm. Oedipal, not edible. Right. The incredible Oedipal egg. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, are you both aware of what an Oedipal complex is? Yes. Yes. Okay. For those who don't know, Oedipus... Greek play, uh, he uh, ha- had a sexual relationship with his mother. Unwittingly. Didn't know it at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was. it was by accident. He had been blinded. 
Well, she blinded herself. Didn't she gouge her eyes out with the, with yeah, the brooches? Yeah, he wasn't oh, blind. Oh, I can't remember he which was one was like blind. He was, like, orphaned or something and, like, didn't know oh, his yeah. mother. He, he yeah. was orphaned, and he was, like, told at a young age. He was basically, like, cursed to fuck his mother, to kill his father and fuck his mother. And he was like, no, no, I'm never going to do that. So he, like, moved away and... Um, became a like a king or something and then like through weird ways he did end up killing his father and fucking his mother just because he didn't know who they were and they didn't know who he was so mm-hmm. classic um, yeah, am i right sexual attraction to your mother and that's according to freud obviously mm-hmm. um so this um let's see suggests that a repeated pattern of forming or being caught in love triangles can be much dissolved by beginning to analyze the behavior or the patterns of the childhood relationship to each parent in turn and to both parents as a couple. So they're saying that the likelihood of you being involved in a love triangle, um, they're looking at how at your childhood and how your relationship with your parents individually and also your parents' relationship with each other. They think that that has something to do with your likelihood of being involved in a love triangle. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, Freud so, also, like, Freudian philosophy is that, like, your parents ruin you from day one and everybody wants to fuck their mom or fuck their dad. Mm-hmm. It's just like, ugh, get over it. Yeah, just I go know. jack off and calm the fuck down and stop <laughs> writing books when you're this horny. It is making you crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the okay. opium, too, I think. And the opium. <laughs> opium complex but also like live like freud though <laughs> clearly he <laughs> was doing like it goals, right though <laughs> <laughs> hashtag freudian goals <laughs> freudian goals <laughs> freudians lit <laughs> get oh it? my god was it yeah opium? we get it it's just stupid okay so <laughs> maybe in such it was instances, whatever it's both let's okay. go with assume. opium That's there's more no exciting. way to know In such instances, you find men who are attracted only by married women or only to married women, um, but who can't sustain the relationship if it threatens to become more than just an affair. They want to have, they they need the husband to protect them from a full relationship. Mm, A little Um, bit of a Cary Grant indiscreet reverse situation. That is yeah. a reference that only you understand. Yep. And yeah, I respect I have it. No <laughs> clue what you're talking about. You are 80 years mm-hmm. old. I watched that I on my with honeymoon. With my back? Okay. Of course Jesus you did. Christ. The honeymoon you spent with Lucy or the no. honeymoon you spent with your husband? <laughs> the one I spent with my husband. The real one. Okay. Oh. Got it. Got it. Um, yeah. So as women who repeatedly get involved with married men need the wives, it works with both genders. So there are people who really just want to be that secret like affair lover they don't want a full relationship it's kind of just that that's that's the kind of in of attention they need it's not I like mean, a full relationship <laughs> i can relate um yeah okay here's another cool tidbit um, French philosopher of social science Rene Girard talks about the idea of mimetic desire so mimetic as in like mimicking Okay. Hmm. Um, He says, we borrow our desires from others. So far from being autonomous, our desire for a certain object or person is always provoked by the desire of another person. We'll call it the model for this same object. So, so like this, if they have it, it makes you want it even more kind of? Or yeah, if they're so desired? Yeah, so if you see somebody desiring 
somebody else or something else, then that that's where your desire for that same thing comes from. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, like that makes sense. Like you don't have a crush on someone that is considered by society to be unattractive or whatever. Nasty. Yeah, you have a crush on someone (laughs) that other people desire are attracted to Ryan have Gosling. On. Right. I don't know. I've had really weird out of nowhere crushes on some people who I think are traditionally kind of ugly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, happens too. I've had some long-term relationships that might fall into <laughs> that category. <laughs> We're so, not naming names. So we are, say. Some of us just inherently know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we all He was a good know. cook, though. <laughs> okay. No more identifying information. Let's move on. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So this means that the relationship between the subject and the object is not direct. There is always a triangular relationship of subject, model, and object. So I thought that was kind of interesting that he's kind of arguing that in a way, all desires, all passions inherently incorporate a third triangulation point. Okay. All right. Does that make sense? I think that's uh, interesting. I can kind of see it. I also just hate philosophy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. He says, quote, often the situation subordinates a desired something to the someone who enjoys a privileged relationship with it. In such cases, it cannot be fair to blame the quarrel of the mimetic twins on a woman because she is their common scapegoat. (laughs) Quarrel. Okay, apparently this is too deep for you two right now, so that's fine. We'll keep going. Not not falling. Skip ahead. (laughs) Skim the reading. Yes, I'm just too smart for some of you. So I will end it with a mention of The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Duh. That's now now you've got us back. Yeah, now you're on our <laughs> level. <laughs> um, we are engaged now. A couple of other love triangle songs that you'll know are Jolene, Dolly Parton, Hi, yes. mm-hmm. and yep. also Jesse's Girl by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Mm, yep, yep. But most importantly, the boy, the boy is Fun mad. Is mad. Um, what a classic video. Oh, so fucking classic. Game changing. Uh, really amazing video. Okay. Are we ready for a sponsor break? Woo! I guess. Life can be stressful between work and family and everything and podcasting and <laughs> politics and snow. <laughs> 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 Everyone needs a little somebody to talk to, someone who can support us through those rough patches, through turning down McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's hard out there for Mm -hmm. everybody. And Mm -hmm. that's where Talkspace comes in. Mm -hmm. Talkspace is therapy for how we live today. It's It's mobile. You download the app. You have access to your therapist whenever you need it, and it's affordable. Mm-hmm. And it's super convenient and easy to use. So you no longer have to wait for your next appointment to talk about what's on your mind. That was always the thing that got me. It was like making an appointment a month from now, and then, you know, by the time I get to my appointment, I've maybe kind of worked through on my own what I was thinking about, but I would have worked through it a lot better and a lot faster 
if I had just been able to talk to my therapist in the moment, like I can now with Talkspace. Um, you can also send unlimited messages to your dedicated therapist from the privacy of your device from anywhere at any time of day. So I am here in a wacky time zone in South Africa, and I still can text my therapist whenever I want. It's the best. Uh, so if you're having a tough time, you can always schedule a live video session with your therapist for extra support. So then you have that that extra added element. I've done a couple live video chats, but I'm partial to the texting, I got to say, and the mm-hmm. voice memos. Oh, love the voice memos and the group rooms that they mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So Talkspace has more than 3,000 licensed therapists who are experienced in addressing the challenges that we all face all of us. To match with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com and then make sure to use the code GALS to get $45 off your first month and show support for this show. So that is Talkspace.com and use that promo code GALS for $45 off your first month. Mm-hmm. Treat your brain. Treat it. Beta Brand wants you to look good and feel good even at the office. So who has been there? You have a cute pair of work pants. They're like fitted through the ankle. They're super cute. They have those little pockets that don't do anything. And then you sit down at your desk for eight hours and then they're just like (laughs) digging in all day. And by the late afternoon, you are just nasty mean to people because you're not comfortable. That was my life before Beta Brand. <laughs> and that those those regular, you know, like traditional work pants, they just have a way of shining a bright spotlight on like your coffee bloat at like 10:30 in the morning. Mhm. Mhm. I needed like six different sizes. It was like, okay, well, my size at 8 a.m. is X, but my <laughs> pant size at 4 p.m. is Y. So Stinking true. So bless Beta Brand for bringing us a solution to this common problem. Mm -hmm. They feel so comfortable. It feels like you're wearing yoga pants, which is why they call that dress pant yoga pant, what they do. Um, The fabric is just luxurious. It's got a little bit of give, a little stretch in the the gut region, which Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. everything I'm looking for in clothing, Mm -hmm. personally. And they have an enormous selection of styles, uh, patterns, colors. I couldn't make up my mind. It was incredible. So they offer, there's something there for everybody, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. And compliments galore. It's, uh, honestly, it had been a little while since people had seen me in professional, <laughs> professional wear. <laughs> and I was so excited to wear these pants. And they're like, oh, wow, you, you got dressed up. You look pretty good. And I was like... Thanks. I am obscenely comfortable and you don't even know it. (laughs) Thanks. I'm secretly still in yoga pants. Uh, So anyway, that's why we started wearing Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants. You can visit betabrand.com slash gals, G-A-L-S, to get 20% off yours. Millions of women agree that these are the most comfortable pants you will ever wear to work or out on a date night or to the grocery store or to that PTA meeting or 
everywhere. You'll never take these pants off your body. You'll be Um, tempted to sleep in them. You don't have to, but I think you can't. You're allowed, technically. These pants could stand up to Thanksgiving turkey. I'm just saying. Oh, my God. Uh, So that's (laughs) betabrand.com, B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com forward slash G-A-L-S to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. Treat your pants. Treat your professionalism. Okay. Good job, you guys. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Crushed it. Okay. This case is bonkers. I'm so excited to tell it to you guys. Huzzah! So, <laughs> Clara Suarez was born in Bogota, Colombia, and raised by a single widowed mother. Yes, honey. She moved to Houston, Texas in the late 1980s. And uh, she was determined to build a successful life for herself. And my God, did she ever. I just need to say that, like, Houston, Texas in the late 1980s Mm. is my aesthetic. (laughs) Give me the hair, the nails, the, like, the wind suits, like, the Mm. color blocked. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Hi. Mm-hmm. The chunky jewelry. Oh, yeah. Take me there. I want to go there. Mm-hmm. The, the mauve shoulder nail. Pads. The long, oh. long mauve nails. Yes, Actually, the those like, nails are like back hair. in style now. Oh, oh they I know. really are. I am embracing it. I am embracing <laughs> it. Oh, hello. <laughs> All right. Well, Although I can only have those nails on breaks from school because I cannot type papers <laughs> with those nails. <laughs> so I have them for like a week during a school break, and then I'm like tearing them off with my teeth so I can do school work. It's really, really the unflattering. The keys are just being pulled off of your keyboard. Yes, it's so bad. It's so bad. I love it. Okay, so Clara, she embodies all of that, okay? Amazing. Mm -hmm. She studied dentistry and completed her residency at the University of Texas in Houston. And at the same time, she also completed or competed in beauty pageants and was crowned Miss Columbia Houston. Oh, my God. Miss Columbia Houston. Here she is. Miss Columbia Houston. Look at her. her. Doesn't she look fine? Isn't she (laughs) cross-cultural? Nailing it. Um, So Clara met David Lynn Harris in 1991, and both were instantly smitten. Mm. Uh oh! Never a good thing. <laughs> Limo. None last, of my la- relationships where we were <laughs> instantly smitten have gone well. Yeah. Limo lamination. <laughs> David was a fellow, uh, very well-regarded dentist in the Houston area, um, and he also had a folksy manner about him. So, like, he would say words like "golly" <laughs> in earnest. Oh, he's so quaffable. So quaffable. Oh, what a quaffable that- dentist. That would get me. Someone who says golly in earnest and doesn't sound like a complete moron. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cute. Mm-hmm. I'd be uh, like, show me that dick. My brother-in-law is like that. <laughs> oh. Show me that dick. <laughs> Good golly. Oh. Okay. David had been briefly married before and had one daughter, Lindsay, with his ex-wife. But Clara was eager to become a stepmom, and the happy couple uh, got married on Valentine's Day in 1992, less than one year after their first date. 
Ew, don't get married on Valentine's Day. Ew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But also good tie-in with this episode. True, mm-hmm. but also like love is garbage. So like ew. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Happy Valentine's Day <laughs> from the Lady Cream <laughs> So David and Clara were both uh, orthodontists slash dentists. All the articles I read use these words interchangeably. So, They're not, it's not the same. Being an orthodontist is not the same as being a dentist. I agree. I think you can be both, but it's not the same thing. I agree. But like every article I read, some like in the same article, they would refer to them as being dentists, then as orthodontists and having dental clinics and having orthodontic clinics. Like I, whatever. They must have had both, but they are definitely not the same thing. Whatever. They did, they worked on people's teeth. And uh, together, they owned a successful <laughs> chain of teeth offices around teeth of Applebee's <laughs> dental technicianary offices. <laughs> offices where they tell you to floss and you pretend like you're going to. Um, yep. <laughs> you don't know why your teeth are bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> I floss I swear every day. I floss every other day. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> they owned eight of these offices together. So they had little empire going and when they were not working out of the same office they would reportedly talk to each other on the phone several times a day always ending with i love you uh, um they were well off and they lived in a quote palatial white brick home in the upscale southern suburb of friendswood does palatial mean it is like a palace yes like just a big yeah, ass house yeah. Lisa Vanderpump's Bella Rosa mansion. Yep. Definition mm-hmm. of palatial. Equipped with mini horses. Oh. Speaking of, quick anecdote. I was in Los Angeles for the last few days and I went to Sir. I'm going tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm going to Vanderpump Dogs. Both what? are so fucking pink and so sparkly, and it I can't is, wait. It, it is like above and beyond what I what I thought. I'm so what excited! I'm packing a dreams. specific outfit just for those sites for okay. me. All right, Peter We're, will be working. I asked. Him. I know. I know. I know. I'm so excited. We're moving on. Okay, so they also <laughs> you are. We're not. <laughs> they also had a lake house on Lake Livingston. <laughs> I bet Lisa Vanderpump has a lake house. What the fuck is Vanderpump Dogs? It's a dog rescue founded by the how Vanderpumps. How dare you? You shut your mouth. How dare you? Okay. First of all, how dare you? Okay. Clara. She's passionate about dogs, just not crazy about bitches. About bitches. And she opened oh. her own dog rescue and grooming store. Mm-hmm. It's high end. It's opulent. Mm-hmm. High end rescue. All of the dogs' last you. name, all the dogs are up for adoption at that store, and they all have last name Vanderpump. So it's like I love Scraps that. Vanderpump. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Clara and Lindsay, the stepdaughter, got along really well, and Lindsay spent summers with her dad and stepmom every year before returning home to her mother in Ohio for the school year. In 1998, Clara and David's twin sons, Brian and Bradley. Uh, so 1998, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so 98. Were born and completed the picture perfect family. The end. There's no such thing. Special Let's get thanks. to the juicy shit. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay. When do people start dying? Yeah, no, soon. <laughs> um, Show me that dick. Stop. <laughs> That's like the fourth time you've said that in this episode. And I ain't stopping anytime soon. <laughs> so Without that dick. <laughs> they seem to have the perfect life. And one of Clara's coworkers would later say, quote, for Clara, it was always David, David, David. I used to tell people that I wished I could be able to love my husband in the same way that Clara loved David. Ick. Okay. But all is not always how it seems. Remember that. I always wonder how they're. I always wonder how they're going to write about me when I get murdered. Cause I always read these things that are like, they looked like they had the perfect life and that's not what they're going to say about me. She had a bright green chair. Her Instagram was manic and all over the place. <laughs> Too she many hashtags. A mental illness <laughs> and they would be right. <laughs> it's yeah, Well, we'll see. Well, Lucy and I will probably be in charge of it. So be nice. Please, God. Her rabbit had eaten half of her face by the time they found her. <laughs> she she had to be identified by dental records. Police had to Orthodontic wade through Amazon boxes just to break down her front door. That's accurate. I Rotting love to order things from Amazon. Bags. <laughs> Those I throw out. Okay. Not if you're dead and you can't answer the door. That's true. But she's still ordering? Okay. <laughs> it's automated. It's automatic. <laughs> it's a subscription service. <laughs> okay. A few years after the birth of the twins, Clara became suspicious that David was fooling around with another woman. No, David, she loves you so much. <laughs> oh. But she wanted to be sure, so she hired a private investigator to look into David's possible philandering. Yes, I love a PI. <laughs> Show me that PI. <laughs> love a good PI. <laughs> and the spying paid off. It proved Clara's wifely intuition was correct. David was it having an is. affair with his formal, former dental office receptionist, Gail Bridges. Why is it always a fucking receptionist? Could you be any more of a goddamn cliche? Yeah. I like that her last name was Bridges and she worked in a dental office. <laughs> her last name's Crowns. <laughs> Root Canal. <laughs> so, um, Gail Root Canal, get out. You're an idiot. Fluoride rinse. <laughs> Gail, you definitely don't floss every day, Bridges. <laughs> okay. Here's an incredible excerpt about Gail Fluoride Rinse from an article in Texas Monthly. <laughs> Quote, that home wrecker. Quote, after carpooling her kids to school, Gail, a former high school cheerleader, could be found at La Madeleine sipping coffee and chatting with the other beautiful mothers. She had flawless alabaster skin, eyes as brown as almonds, and a pixie-ish <laughs> Dorothy Hamill-like haircut. <laughs> Listen, this is the best part. Compared Daryl Hammond like haircut. <laughs> Daryl Hammond. <laughs> Lisa Rinna like haircut. Lisa Rinna's hair that has withstood the test of time okay. and like wind. It's made and out like of concrete. Okay. One more <laughs> sentence. Compared with the other neighborhood wives, her breast implants were not overly large. Stop. 
<laughs> this this was in a, a publication this is from Texas Monthly. Oh my god! It's, I mean, subscribe. It's very fucking patriarchy, but it's also delicious Schadenfreude. <laughs> Yeah. I like eyes as brown as almonds. As almonds. I am signing up for Texas Monthly. I need to keep up. Okay, so so Gail was a divorcee and a mom of three. And she had uh, struck Dr. David's fancy. And the pair had been sneaking around together since the spring. And now we're into the summer. She stroked something. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. It's those not overly large breast implants. <laughs> Nailing it. So once Clara had proof of David's infidelity, she confronted him about it, and the couple met at a bar to discuss the future of their marriage. I mean, good for you. At least get a couple drinks in you while you're talking about your divorce. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a public place. Yeah, why do it at home? <laughs> <laughs> why do it in your palatial home? Yeah. So David uh, (laughs) responded by providing his wife and the mother of his toddler twin boys. So uncool, David. With a, quote, detailed physical comparison between the two women. Are you kidding me? No, no, no. Get the fuck out of here, David, you piece of shit. Not cool, David. Not cool. Well, unlike your implants, Gail's aren't overly (laughs) large. Unlike your brown eyes, hers are brown as almonds. (laughs) Oh, no. We will get to the breast implants. So he told his wife, among other things, (laughs) (laughs) that Miss Bridges had a, quote, perfect body and that she was a good conversationalist who did not try to dominate... Their exchanges. Oh, David would not like us. Gail doesn't have an opinion. She's a good woman who should be seen and not heard. David (laughs) might have an alias named Alan. Yes, seriously. Sounds like it. David Um, also proclaimed that unlike his wife, he thinks all Muslims should be banned (laughs) and that then terrorism would end forever. Oh my my God. God. Go back and to that episode. They were pretty funny for a couple of broads. <laughs> New <laughs> listeners, go back to episode 25 and you'll know what we're ranting about. Um, okay, David also Alan. told Clara that she was too big, meaning overweight. What? She had too big. She Jesus had Christ. If David doesn't die at the end of this story, I'm going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. This guy needs to go. <laughs> so, determined to save her marriage, Clara responded in the exact fucking opposite way any of us would have. Um, and she So she didn't murder him? Yeah, wait, what? <laughs> Not at this point. She didn't Ooh. go get rat poison cuz I am looking up the cost of rat poison <laughs> right now. Mm-hmm. So, she He said all this to her, and she was like, okay, it's my body. I used to be a beauty queen. I'm going to get my body, quote, back in shape. No, if you feel like you have to get your body back to save your marriage, Mm -hmm. that marriage is already over. Like, that guy's got to fucking go. Do Mm -hmm. not do that shit. Mm -hmm. For anyone, Mm -hmm. that is bullshit. That is horse shit. This makes me so mad. Mm -hmm. Do not Mm -hmm. pass go. Do not collect $200. Divorce Mm -hmm. your husband Unless it's in alimony. Mm -hmm. So she hired a personal trainer. She started going to the hairdresser daily. Honey. And the tanning. Daily? Yeah. That's just 
that's just a waste of time. And she scheduled appointments for liposuction and breast implants. Oh, mm. honey, no. Which, like, if you want to do that for yourself, yes. by all means. Don't do it for your shithole husband yeah. who's fucking somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Especially not after that conversation. Yeah. Jesus. So for his part, Clara made all these changes, and David said that he would he vowed to break things off with Gail. You're hot again. I'll stop sleeping with my secretary. Mm-hmm. But just a few days later, on July 24th, 2002, the private investigator alerted Clara that David had rented a room under an assumed name at the Nassau Bay Hilton Hotel. And just to rub salt in the wound, this was the same hotel that they hosted their wedding reception at a decade prior. Oh, my God. That is sick. Yeah. Guys um, are so bad at planning things. Yeah, it's probably like the only hotel out of town that he knew of. So he was like, yeah. uh, Nassau Bay Hilton. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so the PI is like still trailing him, calls Clara. He's like, okay, he's rented a room with Gail at this hotel. Clara goes to the hotel. An hour and a half after David and Gail checked in, they emerged from their love nest and were greeted Ick. in the hotel lobby by an enraged Clara with David's 17-year-old daughter in tow. Ooh. Why'd you bring the daughter? Probably Ooh. because she's the stepmom and she's taking care of and watching his kid while he's out fucking his mistress. I know, I mean, but like that's kind of fucked up to bring the daughter to confront your husband about cheating. I it's think. not a move I would have made, but I'm kind of forgiving this woman a little bit. Well, for right drama now. purposes, hell yeah. But like that sucks for that daughter. It sucks for the daughter. It also gets so much worse. Oh, um, no. In this moment, Clara came to the horrifying realization that her husband's affair was far from over. He was, quote, he was holding Gail's hand the way he used to hold my hand when oh. I was special to him. Oh, honey. Jesus. Fucking kill him already. Yeah, yeah. really. Witnesses recall seeing Clara, quote, lunge at Gail, screaming, you bitch, he's my husband, before slapping oh. her and tearing off Gail's shirt. Oh, my God. In the lobby of the Incredible. Incredible. And the Hilton is like, nah, we've seen worse. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) my God. This is some Real Housewives shit, and I'm here for it. Yes. (laughs) Clara continued shouting, quote, this is Dr. David Harris, and he's fucking this woman right here. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> While an emotional Lindsay began hitting her father with her purse, screaming, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Oh, Jesus. Dear. Hotel employees tried to step in and slep- separate Clara from Gail, who were now engaged in a tug of war contest over Gail's blouse. Honey. If I were Gail, I would have turned tail. Get the fuck out of there. (laughs) Then David pushed his wife to the floor. Uh Uh-uh. And exited the hotel with his mistress going towards her Lincoln Navigator parked outside. Mm. But Clara wasn't fucking finished. You goddamn right she wasn't. 
Hotel staff asked Clara and Lindsay to leave and escorted them to Clara's vehicle, a silver Mercedes-Benz S-Class 430, which was her pride and joy. Yeah, it's like Donna on <laughs> yeah. uh, Parks and Rec. <laughs> My Mer- baby! <laughs> So, with Lindsay sitting in the passenger seat, Clara spotted David and Gail standing next to Gail's vehicle in another part of the parking lot. At that point, Clara slammed on the accelerator and gunned it towards her husband. Oh, please tell me she ran him over in her fucking Mercedes. Quote, the Mercedes glanced off the navigator and then hit (gasps) David before he could get out of the way, propelling him (gasps) 25 feet across the lot. Incredible. Oh, my God. She sent that man flying. Witnesses report a screaming Lindsay attempting to exit the moving vehicle, but Clara did not stop. Instead, she again aimed the Mercedes at David's (gasps) crumpled body and drove over him again and again. Oh, my God. Double tap. With the daughter in the car? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, this is really bad. And, like, Clara, no, honey, no. Yeah, honey, no. But also, All like, of them, no, honey, no. No, honey, no. But if I... I'd be lying if I said I have not had this exact fantasy right? about many of my exes. <laughs> right. Like, this is a lot of unresolved feelings that are, like, being resolved on my behalf right now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Clara. Hey, happy Renaissance anniversary to you, Amanda. Thank you. Yes. Been a year since you we guys. retired that hashtag and uh, you're, you're living right. you're living life. And we are How you living, Biggie Smalls? Not Imagine back. the Benzes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, yep. so uh she drove over him, stopped, did a 180. So didn't even like kick it into reverse. Did a 180. No. <laughs> She's fast and furiousing this fucking yeah. shit. She is Dominic Toretto. Yeah. Who knew a Lincoln Nav could haul so much ass? No, no, no. Like, maybe she's, literally. She's, no, in, she's the in the Mercedes, yeah. honey. She's in a band's oh, S-Class right. 430. Oh, duh. Turning yeah. on yeah. a dime. Turning on a dime and drove over him again a total of three times. Well, third time's a charm. When the vehicle triple tap. Yeah, triple fucking tap. And the first Yikes. tap was quite a punch. Was Assuming enough. he's dead, right? Yeah, he's, he's dead, dead, right? He's dead. Okay. When the vehicle finally came to a stop, Lindsay jumped out. So the daughter jumped out, ran around to the driver's side, and punched Clara in the face before <gasps> falling to the ground sobbing. Wow. This is a lifetime movie, right? Yeah. This is not an actual case. This, this sounds is just like, uh, like a script that's like not even entirely believable. Right. Absolutely. Yep. This is unreal. I, I can't imagine being in a car and a Mercedes Ugh. Benz isn't that far off the ground running over your father's body mm-hmm. three mm-hmm. times. Yeah, Whoa. you'd you'd feel every bump. It's it's horrific. I know that we've it is been, so horrific. I mean, obviously, like this David guy sounds like a fucking real shitty husband and pretty shitty dad. Um, but he was a really good dentist and also <laughs> did not deserve or to the be dentist. murdered. No, that's the thing. Like, yeah. we make light about this kind of shit, but the law, like, we don't get to play God and fucking kill people when they fuck up. Like, right. this guy is a piece of shit, but then get divorced, get your alimony, honey, and go live your best life. Don't run. You, you took away somebody's father. Yeah. Like, you, this was not the way to handle this. You traumatized this a 17 year old girl. 
forever. I mean, this is fucked up. It's this is not okay, Clara. Really fucked up. Okay, so you're getting scolded. A stunned Clara exited the vehicle and walked over to David's dead body where she began tearfully apologizing, cradling her husband in her arms and begging him to come back to life. Oh, God. God. Rage blackouts are real. Yeah. Meanwhile, the private investigator was in the hotel parking lot and videotaped the whole dang thing. Watching while eating popcorn. (laughs) The PI was like, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> it's it's that gif of Michael Jackson in Thriller, like, mm-hmm. smiling in the movie theater, just shoving popcorn into oh, his mouth. No. Or what? the PI what? is That's thinking, fuck, I'm not going to get paid for the last two weeks because... That's no, true. he's thinking, I have videotape. Mm-hmm. He can he can sell it. He's he's making his money with this. So I never found out the gender of the PI, but... In, oh. I, and I didn't have time to get into it, but in Gail's divorce with her husband, there were PIs that were hired and they were all women. I like that. I feel like there's a show or a documentary or some TV thing out there about a, about a PI group. Basically, they're all women and like scorned women can hire them exactly like this. Yeah. It was all female PIs and they're all trying, they're all catching cheating husbands. Yeah. Interesting. So it's I don't just know. my internalized misogyny that assumed it was a man. I just, I don't know when it comes to Clara if it was male or female um, or neither or both. So police arrived uh, quickly on the scene and Clara was immediately arrested. She was later released on $30,000 bail, which does not seem like enough. It's not. That is no. She's a millionaire. $30,000 That's less than the cast of her Mercedes. Like, I'm Yeah, they had to have known she'd get that, like, that afternoon. Yeah, like, I'm fucking broke, but I feel like I could scrounge together 30 grand somehow. If I had to, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, anyway, and friends kept an informal suicide watch over her uh, 24-7 at her home while she awaited trial because she was like, what have I done? Yeah. The case was an instant media sensation. Gee, I fucking wonder why. Um, Yeah. Because it's fucking amazing. So, quote, for weeks, people could not stop talking about her. The scene of a vengeful suburban wife tearing off the blouse of her husband's mistress, then furiously mowing down her husband, then having an abrupt change of heart and crying out for him to live, was so horrific and so outlandishly dramatic that it Mm -hmm. could have been lifted straight out of a classic film noir. Jesus, yep. or an episode of Real Housewives, I'm mm-hmm, saying. Mm-hmm. Yup. This happened outside Vanderpump Dogs. I just <laughs> Yeah, know the it. only thing missing is a table flip and a glass of wine to the face. <laughs> <laughs> and the C word. <laughs> yeah. Well, it gets a little juicier. What? How? <laughs> so it also didn't... <laughs> I love this case. It also didn't help <laughs> that tabloid writers also uncovered juicy rumors from Gail's past, including an alleged lesbian affair brought up during her divorce proceedings. Oh, oh I love a lesbian, a lesbian affair. affair. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Big whoop. <laughs> Big whoop, Gail. <laughs> I've had 20 of those this week. What Catch up, marriage Gail. doesn't end with an alleged lesbian affair? Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> so then it came to light that Gail and the woman she'd allegedly been stooping, but actually stooping. <laughs> she probably wasn't having this lesbian affair. I think it was not. She probably true. had a friend. Yeah, exactly. And her husband was like psycho. But anyway, so Gail and this woman go on the talk show Sally Jesse Raphael. Yes. <laughs> in oh. wigs and dark glasses, like disguised. Stop. Incognito. On the show? On the show. Oh, my to, Lord. To talk about how their husbands were spying on them and preposterously accusing them of sleeping together. I... It's so preposterous, these allegations that we had to come in disguise on a TV show. Mm -hmm. Sally, Jesse, Raphael, you guys. Am I bringing it or what? Yeah, this This is is amazing. This is the best case I think you've ever done. Also, (laughs) take me home, sweet Sally, Jesse. I love her so much. (laughs) Cradle me to sleep. Be my new mother. <laughs> Actually, if anyone has any contact with Sally Jesse Raphael, we want her on the show, and we're, I'm not fucking kidding. Oh my God. We want I to would... present her with some sort of award for just being her. Can They're just a red glasses framed as like a trophy. Yeah. Ugh. Oh my God. Talk show murders. Done. Okay. Done. Somebody get us Sally Jesse Raphael's number. Okay. So get me Sally <laughs> Jesse. Get- <laughs> <laughs> Plain. <laughs> Plain. Okay. Get me Nora Ephron. She's dead. Okay, anyway. Um, Still, even if untrue, quote, the lesbian allegations gave the saga an irresistibly salacious new twist. Cha. Cha. (laughs) Also, side note, turns out the alleged lesbian's husband was actually having an affair himself, and it was with a friend of Gail's that she met in her Lamaze class. Oh, God. Can we Jesus. refer to her as the alleged for the rest of the <laughs> <Alleged> story? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, there's there's something going on in in the suburbs water people, but something's rotten in Denmark. <laughs> it's that fluoride rinse. I'm telling you. So <laughs> there's a chart on the drive if you need to understand the interlocking love triangles that are going I on here. I love when you provide a chart. <laughs> Oh, wow. This is amazing. Texas Monthly provide the chart, but yes. It's drawn on a cocktail napkin. (laughs) You made a chart? (laughs) Well, I knew immediately that Kenny didn't make this because the handwriting is too legible. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Gail has red glasses, too. I was going to say, did they put a picture of Sally Jesse Raphael in here, or is that Gail? It's Gail. Okay, so back to the trial. Clara was instructed by her defense attorneys not to testify, but she ended up choosing to do so anyway. Oh, of course. course, Did she represent herself, too, (laughs) while she was at it? I was just going to ask that. (laughs) But this proved a big mistake because then the the prosecution (laughs) was allowed to bring in a a tape-recorded evidence of her during questioning in which she admitted to wanting to hurt David. Yeah, um, that's not good. Yeah, so she shot herself in the foot. She should not have taken the stand. Um, not surprisingly, Lindsay also testified against her stepmother at trial and yeah. talked about the trauma of the the thripple tap. Um, yeah. Thripple. <laughs> 
Jurors were convinced that Clara had acted out of sudden passion rather than intent to kill, and she was given the maximum sentence of 20 years in prison. Oof. So I think, passion, baby. I think that's how she was like spared the death penalty and, and life imprisonment because it was not premeditated. Well, there's a lot to do with premeditation right. probably there. Right. Exactly. And I do agree that this was not premeditated. The, the, I think so, too. Yeah. I think. I it, don't think she planned on ripping anyone's shirt off in a hotel lobby for sure. Or putting her bends at risk like that. Right. Exactly. Oh, right. good point. Not premeditated. So, uh, so the aftermath. David's parents, Gerald and Mildred, uh, wanted custody of the twin boys, but I think... Um, I think somehow they were not granted it, and a friend of Clara's actually raised the boys and brought them to visit their mother in prison every month for the past 15 years. Wow. wow. So in, two- wow. in 2003, Clara was awarded $1.2 million in assets from her husband's estate. What? Really? How? I'm going to go into Clean how. Up? She gave up 50% of her share in their um, property. So she gave up her share of the house. The palatial house. Mm -hmm. And she gave up 86% of her share in the dental offices in order to bring about a speedier settlement. Um, Since there is a law in Texas forbidding anyone from, quote, benefiting financially after causing someone's death. So really... The article says it's $1.2 million in assets from her husband's estate, but it's from their shared estate, and really she... Okay. She, it, 1.2 is not much out of what the overall pie was. Mm-hmm. And so she had to give up those large percentages of those other things in order to get this quicker. Otherwise, it could have been tied up in courts and stuff for, like, fucking ever. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, David's three kids will each receive about $2 million, uh, in trust funds to be paid out when they reach the age of 25. Uh, his oldest child, Lindsay, uh, was also the beneficiary of his $360,000 life insurance policy, which seems a little small for such a wealthy guy. Yeah, that is yeah, small. I, I, I even have a million-dollar life insurance policy. It's a whole life policy. I got it when I was, like, a Gerber baby, but... Mm-hmm. You were the Gerber baby? I mean, I got it when I was the Lindbergh baby. But anyway, <laughs> uh, no, a little egg. Um, I actually have a story about that, but we don't have time. So um, <laughs> quick, super long anecdote, a different episode. Don't have time. Quick episode about the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> <Quick> anyway. <episode. laughs> OK, so I don't think Clara is rolling in dough now even though she got the $1.2 million in assets because she also lost a civil wrongful death lawsuit to David's parents. Yeah. yeah. And then they were awarded $3.75 million in damages. So I think actually she's in the hole and owes David's parents millions. Mm. Does that make Good. sense? Yeah. She fucking yeah. killed their son. Yeah. So at 8.20 a.m. on May 11th, 2018, 60-year-old Clara Suarez Harris was released from the Crane Unit of Gatesville Women's Prison on parole. She served 15 years of her 20-year sentence, and she is a free woman. Wow. 
Yeah. Dang. Oof. Well, I hope she learned some valuable lessons about herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. About, <laughs> about herself. About breakups. About anger management. <laughs> about anger. About how to treat a Mercedes Benz. About the <laughs> torque of a Mercedes Benz. <laughs> yep. <laughs> the turning radius. Teaching defensive driving classes. Yep. I hope in the she... Houston area. <laughs> Hope she gets her uh, orthodontics license back up today. Oh, she can't actually because she's a convicted felon. She can never practice dentistry ever again. Yeah, because that's considered medicine, right? Are like all doctors? I don't know. It's for medicine, doctors. I think. Yeah, I I don't think you can get your license back after being convicted of a felony. Yeah, so she can't be a dentist. Like a DUI, though, isn't that a felony? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it depends. No, I mean, I don't all think of it's these. When you're licensed, like all of this shit goes before a board. I don't know. So it can basically be like voted upon. Yeah, I just read that she can't ever practice dentistry again. Um, yeah, it might not be a blanket rule, but the board was probably like, Anyway, so that's my fucking case, y'all. Jesus wow, honey. Christ. Clara. Mm-hmm. All right. That was good. Thank Ooh, you. That was good. All right. Word from some sponsors. Let's do yes. it. Imagine a world in which you are not chained to the cart at the grocery store. <laughs> Imagine all the things you could do with your free time. Exercise could actually do that yoga routine. You could play with your kids. You could take a nap. You could call a friend. You could listen to more podcasts. You could walk the dog. (laughs) All of this is possible and more with Instacart. So basically, Instacart delivers groceries in as little as one hour or at a time that works with your schedule so you can pick a little delivery window. They offer exclusive coupons so you can actually save money while having someone else do your shopping for you. It's amazing, especially on pantry staples. So, like, you know you're going to need more paper towels. It's it's inevitable. Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody else can make that grocery run for you. Uh, it's also available at your favorite stores, so you can get groceries delivered from local and national retailers. I really like that they have local retailers in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also shop local shop local uh, and there are other perks so no sitting in traffic no looking for parking no fighting over that last parking spot that can actually accommodate the size of your car with the door opening uh, <laughs> specific <laughs> specific no waiting in the checkout line it's the best it really is. And you can choose to either download the app or go to instacart.com and shop for those groceries that you need from your favorite local retailers. And your shopper gathers your groceries with care by selecting excellent produce and contacting you if necessary. You have a personal shopper, people. Mm-hmm. That's what this is. That's it's incredible. Luxury. Okay. It's it really 2019. is. Like, you've made it. Mm hmm. I personally work from home, so to go to the grocery store is like a special trip. I'm not generally out running around or, you know, doing things. So sometimes it would just be nicer to stay put, get a little more work done. Mm -hmm. And Instacart makes it possible for me to get all of my groceries for the week or the day or whatever without leaving my house. It's incredibly convenient, especially if it's raining, I'm just going to say, or snowing. Yeah, yeah. 
and Instacart delivers, your groceries will arrive in as little as one hour or at a time that you select. So if you're not gonna be home during that window, no problem. They work with you and work within your schedule. And they also keep hot items hot and cold items cold. So your ice cream's still gonna be fine by the time you get it and that rotisserie chicken because you really can't just bring yourself to cook a full meal that mm -hmm. night. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Been there. It's mm -hmm. all going to be at the appropriate temperatures. So try Instacart and get 10 bucks off your first order. Incredible deal. To get this limited time offer, go to instacart.com or download the mobile app and enter our promo code GALS, that's G-A-L-S, at checkout. So again, that's going to get you $10 off your first order today at instacart.com or through the mobile app. And don't forget that promo code GALS, instacart.com, I N S. T-A-C-A-R-T.com or through that mobile app with code GALS, G-A-L-S, at checkout. Mm -hmm. Treat your schedule. <laughs> I travel a lot and I need luggage that can keep up with me and I also need luggage that uh, can charge my cell phone when I completely forget to charge it before leaving on a 24-hour <laughs> trip, which has happened Every time. more than once. <laughs> um, so Away is amazing, you guys. Away uses high-quality materials while offering a much lower price compared to other brands by cutting out the middleman and selling directly to you. And you can choose from a variety of colors and four sizes. The carry-on, I have that. The bigger carry-on, I have that. The medium, I'm probably going to order that today, to be honest. <laughs> and the large, I ordered that. Uh, I'm a little <laughs> bit obsessed with We're Away. We're super <laughs> obsessed with Away. <laughs> oh, my God. So it has some key design features. So all suitcases are made with premium German polycarbonate. Uh, I have checked all of my Away bags, and they have come out totally pristine. Um, they look brand new, even after, like, tumbling down the conveyor belt. Uh, they are unrivaled in strength and impact resistance, and they're super lightweight. Even with the bigger carry-on packed to the brim, I can still lift it into the overhead compartment on the plane, you guys. It's super lightweight. Mm -hmm. And she is not strong. No. Kenyon is not known for her upper body strength. Or lower body strength. <laughs> uh, so the interior features a patent-pending compression system, which is helpful for overpackers, also me. I feel like this is like a therapy session. Uh, four 360-degree <laughs> spinner wheels guarantee a smooth ride. It is like butter, you guys, mm -hmm. going through the airport. You feel like you're flying first class every time. Mm -hmm. uh, it also has a TSA-approved combination lock built into the top of the bag to prevent theft. And a removable, washable laundry bag keeps dirty clothes separate from clean, which is ingenious. Very important. Both sizes of the carry-on are available to charge all cell phones, tablets, e-readers, anything that's powered by a USB cord. And a single charge of that uh, carry-on battery pack will charge your iPhone five times. Let me tell you, I just took my bigger carry-on because like Kenyon, I already own three of the four styles and please don't tempt me to order that fourth one. <laughs> We're both gonna and do I it. Will, you will have this luggage forever. Like, mm -hmm. this is the only luggage I will ever need. So I, that's how I justified the investment, which it really is an investment. 
And so I took that bigger carry-on for its maiden voyage recently to on a trip to Los Angeles. And I never realized how helpful that battery pack would be. Because mm-hmm. if your phone dies, you just deal with it. Or you find that one outlet at your entire gate and, like, you know, fight, fight off other it. people for it. Mm-hmm. It's that that's my of all the incredible features of these suitcases. That's my favorite. Also, those spinner wheels make your suitcase do little pirouettes. You feel all fancy. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. They also come with a lifetime warranty. So if anything breaks, they will fix or replace it for you for life. Mm-hmm. Incredible. They have a 100 day trial. You can live with it. You can vibe with it. You can travel with it. You can Instagram it because you'll want to because you'll look really fancy with it. Mm -hmm. And if at any point you decide that it's not for you, you can return it for a full refund. No questions asked. They got free shipping on any away order within the lower 48 states. Incredible. And those carry-on sizes um, are compliant with all major U.S. airlines while maximizing the amount that you can pack. I went to Los Angeles for four days, took that bigger carry-on, mm-hmm. didn't check a single bag. It was ample room for all of my stuff. Yep. It's so good. And if you're in town, please be sure to visit Away at their retail store in New York City. And now they got one in Los Angeles because I saw it with my own peepers. <laughs> it was... So- it was exciting. It's <laughs> a mothership. Uh, so for $20 <laughs> off a suitcase, visit awaytravel.com forward slash gals20 and use promo code gals20 during checkout. So again, you get $20 off a suitcase. Visit awaytravel.com forward slash gals20, G-A-L-S-2-0, and use promo code gals20 during checkout. These are the best suitcases you will ever own. Treat your travel. Do it. Care of is a monthly subscription vitamin service that delivers completely personalized vitamin and supplement packs right to your door. And if you've listened to the show before and heard our ads, you know that we are big fans of anything that you don't have to put pants on for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless you need to like go out to your mailbox, in which case, pants. Long coat. But this is Yeah. Whatever works. <laughs> So this is a new year, 2019. You got your new health goals. And you can make health and wellness a top priority with the help of Care Of's monthly subscription vitamin service. Whether you're focused on glowing skin, boosting your energy levels, getting more sleep, just general health, you know, your hair. Ugh. They have a quiz online and you can just say exactly what you're looking for and they make personal recommendations for different vitamins that will help you reach those goals. It couldn't be easier. So again, that online quiz, quiz lets fun. you Oh, we love a good quiz. It lets yeah, you know like exactly what you need. It just takes a couple minutes, asks you about your diet, your health goals, lifestyle choices. Again, it takes just like 5 minutes to figure out your personal, scientifically backed vitamin and supplement recommendations. Mm-hmm. And it can be really hard to know what vitamins or supplements you should be taking. Um, I'm a huge vitamins and supplements fanatic. Um, and I still, from taking care of's quiz, uh, found out that there were some areas that needed some more supplementation. And there were some vitamins that I should be taking that I had never even heard of before. But I'm so glad 
that I did because now I've got like Ariana Grande skin. Not really, but I'm trying. Um, <laughs> You're on your way. I'm on my way. Uh, so Caref <laughs> makes it easy to find out uh, what you specifically need to be your healthiest and your glowiest. Uh, your you- most Ariana-ish. <laughs> <laughs> Yo skin be gleaming. Uh, I know you've seen it. Okay, a portion of every sale also goes towards the Good Plus Foundation, which provides expectant mothers in need with valuable prenatal vitamins. How amazing is that? I love that. I love how they give back. So, mm-hmm. take advantage of this month's special New Year offer for 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. Go to takecareof.com and enter promo code GALS50. So again, you get 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. And this is a very special New Year offer. So get on it. Uh, Go to takecareof.com, T-A- K-E-C-A-R-E-O-F dot com and enter promo code GALS50, G-A-L-S-5-0 to get 50% off your first month. Treat your vitamins. Treat your Ariana skin. <laughs> so, my case. Kind of similar. Mm. Kind of not. <laughs> no Mercedes Benz. Um, I picked this case solely on the fact that there is a Dr. Phil episode Ooh. about it. Exactly, Dr. Phil. Exactly, Dr. Phil. Exactly. I love Dr. Get me Dr. Phil. <laughs> get me Dr. Phil. Get me Sally Jesse. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Let's get them both. Good Lord. That Let's would get be... Robin while we're at it. She's a gem. That'd be the tops. Um, so in September of 2010, Candy Hall was unemployed, having been fired by the law firm where she had worked, and she wanted another paralegal job. Emmett Corrigan was waiting to learn the results of the bar exam he had taken and wanted to hire a paralegal to work for him when he began practicing law. Sounds like the first scene of a rom-com. Pretty much. (laughs) They were introduced by a mutual friend. Candy and Emmett were immediately attracted to each other, and within two weeks, they began having a sexual relationship. (laughs) Sexual. Sexual. Emmett passed the bar exam, hooray, and he hired Candy in November of 2010 to work for him in the law office he had opened. Their torrid sexual relationship continued, including having sexual intercourse in the law office. Mm. You go, girl. Mm -hmm. Hot. Until until March of 2011, but we'll get there. Mm. Emmett was married to to Ashley Corrigan. The two... At the time, had four children together and were expecting their fifth. Damn. Candy was also married Mm. to Rob Hall, who had that year dropped a bombshell on their marriage. He had been having an affair. All right, so fair game. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot going on here, so. There is a lot. Do you have a chart? Do you (laughs) have a chart? (laughs) This is like a love square because there's four people. Let's call um, love five. diamond. It sounds better. Love decahedron. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, acting on her feelings of neglect and sadness, she began having an affair with Emmett. So they were already attracted to each other. Her husband's like, "Sorry about it. I've been cheating on you." And then and she she's went like, for it. "Well," and he was the trigger and he this. wasn't like, "I've been having an affair, but I've ended it." He was just like, "I'm having an affair, and I'm not ending it." Next sentence. <laughs> okay. Candy's husband had evidently ended his affair. (laughs) (laughs) 
Candy, however, continued to stay in the marriage and stay in the relationship with Emmett. Mm -hmm. When Rob found out that Candy was still involved with Emmett, things took a turn for the worse. Oh, so you uh, can dish it out, but you can't take it, can you, Rob? Apparently, Robbie. (laughs) (laughs) On March 11th, 2011, Candy had left work at the law office at about 6 p.m., and upon arriving home, she had discovered that Rob was in the garage packing large boxes. He told her that he had had it with the way that she had become so non-responsive in their relationship the last few months. As they continued their discussion, she admitted to having an affair with an attorney in Oregon, a different affair, but she later recanted that statement in her testimony. So was she, maybe Um, she didn't have an affair with an attorney in Oregon, but she was just trying to like throw off suspicion from her boss? Mm -hmm. Or even just in the heat of argument, where they're fighting and like Rob had had an affair. Mm-hmm. I could see this being one of those things where it's like, well, you know what? You've been fucking so-and-so on the side and I fucked this guy in Oregon. So suck on that. Like, you know what I mean? It could have easily been something as asinine as that, mm-hmm. but she didn't want to say, Oh yeah, well I've been fucking my boss Emmett. Who well, you he know. knew that? Oh, okay. He knew that she had slept with him. I don't think he knew that she was continuing to sleep with him. Because, like, he had ended his affair, and I think that he thought, okay, we're both ending our affairs, we're going to work on our marriage, but she had stayed, like, very distant, and as he said, non-responsive okay. in regards to their relationship, so he was fed up, and she came home from work, and he's packing to move out. Okay. Um, they He left their house at about 8.45 p.m., and she left shortly thereafter. As she was backing out of the driveway, she had a phone conversation with Emmett. She told him she was going to the pharmacy to pick up a prescription, and he stated that he would meet her her there. Emmett had left work sometime after Candy did, so he also left that day, like around 6 p.m. When he arrived at his home, his wife confronted him about some of their marital problems. Again, he'd been really distant. Wow, on the same uh, day. On the same day. Clearly, there's something in the water. And they get into a fight. At some point... He has that telephone conversation with Candy Hall. So they're both like, oh, my God, we're, we're fighting with our spouses. Let's go meet up. It's literally a Walgreens. Let's go meet at the Walgreens, pick up our Xanax, and then mm-hmm. go fuck in the truck. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's a good date spot. Yeah, hi. Uh, he told her he would meet her at the pharmacy parking lot. He then told his wife that he had to pick up a prescription, and he left. After Candy had picked up her prescription, she got into Emmett's pickup. After stopping for gas, he began driving around. He ultimately parked in a subdivision being developed where they had sexual intercourse for the second time that day. Wow. You get your, you get yours. Where do you find the time? Seriously? <laughs> um, Candy then received a call from her older daughter who wondered where she was. The daughter had seen Candy's car in the pharmacy lot and called Candy, but Candy had not answered the call. She had then called Rob to ask where Candy was. Candy told her daughter that she was just driving around with a female friend. Mm-hmm. Didn't want her to know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Just got a little too hot at Walgreens. Gotta go fuck yep. this guy real quick. I'll be home in a Jeff. <laughs> you know what? I'll have dinner ready. Calm down. <laughs> As Emmett was driving back to the pharmacy parking lot after their coitus, Candy received a call from Rob. Coitus. <laughs> Emmett grabbed the phone and asked Rob, what's up, chief? <gasps> yeah, Emmett is a fucking potster, y'all. Oh, you just wait. Oh, Emmett, you're a prick. Yeah, well... Candy described Emmett's tone of of voice as being aggressive. Candy could only hear Emmett's side of the conversation. He said to Rob, yeah, we're talking about life. You have a problem with that? Once again, Mm. Candy described Emmett's tone of voice as being derogatory and challenging. 
Rob apparently responded, and Emmett said to him, yeah, I'm going to crack your fucking head. Ooh. Oh, no. Candy described Emmett's tone once again as being threatening. Emmett then said, just wait there. We'll be right there. Oh, oh. no, 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 no. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Emmett drove into the pharmacy parking lot shortly after 10 p.m. He parked. He and Candy got out of Emmett's pickup, and Rob got out of his pickup. Mm. And Dr. Phil got out of his pickup. And Dr. Phil got out of his pickup. Uh, Rob had a compact 38 caliber pistol with a laser sight. I have shot one of these. They are badass. A laser a, sight? Yeah. Whoa. Get you a gun with a laser sight, y'all. What to shoot at targets in a safe environment. 2045? Oh. What state is this? Texas. Oh, not know. Texas, but I don't know. You can have a gun with a laser sight in Minnesota. Oh. I, I know. Shot it just seems the... like really extra okay. to me. I mean, it is really extra, but it makes you feel like a total badass when you're target shooting and you can use the laser to aim and it's like crotch shots for days. Okay. It's amazing. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. I don't um, know you. You do. <laughs> I'm still the same old me. I'm just always packing. You're just multifaceted. I'm in a prayer group with the DA. <laughs> a member of the NRA. All right. And I'm always and I'm packing. Always packing. <laughs> anyway. It's great every other day of the week, too. Too. Sunday special. Saturday night special. So sorry. Saturday night special. <laughs> anyway. Important Wednesday information from the affidavit. Special. Rob was dressed in sweatpants and a black pullover hoodie with a kangaroo pocket. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. you know the type. Before getting out of his pickup, Rob had removed the pistol from the holster in which he had carried it in the pickup, left the holster in the pickup, and put the pistol in the kangaroo pocket of his hoodie. Not safe practice. No, no this not. is not safe gun carrying practice. Mm-mm. Unless, of course, you're planning on using the gun, mm. and then you'd take it out of the holster and put it in your kangaroo pocket. Candy was the only witness to what then occurred, but technically not an eyewitness, but an ear witness. An earwig witness. Earwig witness. She testified that after everyone was out of their respective vehicles, Emmett was standing against his pickup, leaning backward against it with his arms crossed like a total douche. And Rob walked over to where Emmett and Candy were standing, but he and Rob were, quote, pretty far apart. Rob asked, what's going on? And Emmett answered, she doesn't want to be with you, Rob. Rob looked at Emmett and asked, she wants to be with you? Emmett then made statements intended to insult Rob and to incite him to fight. I don't know what those statements are. They were not listed in the affidavit. Um, Concluding with, quote, she doesn't want to be with you. This would be known as a rivalrous love triangle. Mm -hmm. Correct, Mm -hmm. mama. Correct. Mm -hmm. Rob looked at Candy and said, but you want to be, he's got five kids, Candy, which is like exactly what's going through my head. Like why? Rob, four and a half. By by (laughs) this time that baby had been born. When When their affair started, Ashley was pregnant, but by this time the baby had been born. And in the Dr. Phil, there's like some fucked up shit where I'll get to it, but it's their relationship is weird. Okay. Ashley, Ashley and Candy cheating on his, Pregnant wife and mother of his total five douche. Kids. That's disgusting. They're total all douche. douches. All candy, of them. Mm-hmm. Candy is for sure not innocent in this situation, and Rob is like, it's just a bunch of assholes. Just, just get like divorced. Being assholes, basically. If you get I know, divorced, I know. you can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Um, Rob looked at Emmett and stated, and your poor wife, she just had a baby and she's at home while you're out with my wife. Yeah. Uh, nail meathead. Good point. Emmett. Having said that, Emmett then lunged forward and pushed Rob in the chest with both hands, but not forcefully enough to make him fall. Candy stepped between them, trying to break up the fight, told Emmett to get back in his pickup, told Rob that they had to leave because their daughter was calling uh, or had called looking for them. Um, Then she turned around and was like walking toward Rob's car. So she had her back Mm -hmm. to both men when she heard scuffling on the ground behind her, then heard three gunshots. She turned around and saw Rob standing with blood running down his face. He had his pistol in his right hand and then he collapsed, dropping the pistol. She later saw Emmett lying on the ground. Rob had a grazing bullet wound on the top left side of his head. According to expert medical testimony, although the bullet did not penetrate or fracture the skull, it caused a traumatic brain injury, a moderate concussion. And as a result, Rob suffered retrograde amnesia and cannot recall what occurred. So he shot himself. Self a little we'll bit get, in the head? We'll get to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. He did not testify at his trial, although statements he made to the police shortly after the incident were admitted. Emmett had two gunshot wounds, one to the chest and one to the head. The bullet that hit his chest passed through his sternum at the level of the fifth rib through the right ventricle of his heart, oh. through the middle lobe of his left lung, and impacted his spinal column at the level of the 10th thoracic uh, thoracic vertebrae. So part, he's dead? No, this part was fascinating to me. This is why I included it because it's like uh, the human Sounds body is bad. fucking amazing. My back hurts. It, it's bad. I know. So it entered the <laughs> bone but did not hit the spinal cord. However, the force transmitted to the spinal cord by the bullet impact would have cut off all electrical impulses below the point of impact. He would not have been able to move anything below that point. So he had been paralyzed instantly. Mm. He would have dropped to the ground as quickly as gravity could pull him down. From an abrasion he had that he suffered on the right side of his forehead, it appears that he pitched forward when he fell, hitting his head. This wound was fatal, but not immediately. The abrasion. Abrasion on the head or the the bullet to the spine? I think the bullet to the spine plus the abrasion Mm -hmm. on the head. Like, all of this was fatal, but not right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The bullet that hit his head entered his skull just inside the hairline of his upper right forehead, traveled in a slight downward and leftward direction through the entire right side of his brain, and ended at the bottom part of his brain on the right side. It, too, was a fatal wound, but not immediately. After being shot, he could have lived for a short period of time, and he did. Those are two, like, kill shots, I feel. I know. But the human body is amazing. Like, Uh. yes, they are kill shots, but you'd think that that would instantly kill you, but it didn't. He took his last breath in Candy's arms. (gasps) Yeah. So she went to him. Also, um, well, he's the one on the ground, because Rob is... Well, Rob also they're was all, on the ground. They're both on the ground. Oh. And they're Rob both has a bullet out. wound to the head as well. Oh. So Rob gave one public interview. Again, he did not testify in court, but he did give a public interview to Dateline. Um, and this is his version of events. He said that he had taken Candy's gun. So this is like her gun. I'm sure there are probably more than one in the house, but... 
um, from their house and put it in his sweatshirt pocket when he went looking for candy at Walgreens. When Rob was pushed to the ground by Emmett, the gun fell out of his sweatshirt pocket and they both reached for it. Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They both reached for the gun. Oh, yes. They both reached for the gun. Which I wrote verbatim in my notes. If you don't believe me, you can go look. Um, Emmett, this, again, this is what Rob claims. Emmett picked up the gun and shot at Rob. The bullet grazed Rob's head. Rob somehow then took the gun from Emmett, like got the gun back, mm. and fired back at him in self-defense twice, first of the chest and then in the head. So Rob does admit to shooting Emmett, but only because he was in fear for his own life. Did the it's wild that Rob, up? That Rob so, got sorry? shot and it was like, it was like a serious shot, and then he shot Emmett twice, and both of those were like fatal individually. Yeah, it just seemed like too random, like bang bang, defending myself. But that was like, wow, okay. I would be very well, curious to to see the ballistics. Yes, but it's also interesting that you even say bang bang because, again, Candy being the ear witness. Mm-hmm. Earwig. She, earwig. she heard the earwig. She heard the shots. Yeah. What she says she heard was two shots together, then a pause, then another shot. Yeah, he shot himself which, and made it Which graze. does not, yep, oh. which does not match with Rob's story of Emmett shooting Rob first with the gun that Rob had in his pocket. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you were going to shoot yourself to make it look like your life was in danger but not actually die, why the fuck why would you go for your head? We will get to that. Okay. What would be consistent with Candy's story would be what prosecutors allege happened between Rob and Emmett, that Rob left his house, grabbed Candy's gun, went to Walgreens, not only looking for Candy, but also to confront the two of them and have a word with Emmett. Like, why would he bring a gun anyway? Right. You know? Mm-hmm. When things got out of hand, Rob took the gun out of his sweatshirt pocket and fired the two shots at Emmett, first in the chest and then in the head. Mm-hmm. Within seconds, he turned the gun on himself, but when he pulled the trigger, the bullet ended up projecting past his head. So they do believe that in like a, oh my God, what have I done moment, it's possible that he tried to complete suicide. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's quick though. That's just a couple of seconds, if that. Yeah, but. Yeah, I know. I It's, it's all I, part there's no way of to know. This surge of passion exactly yeah, i know i actually am more of the opinion that he inflicted an injury upon himself to make it to make the story look a certain way but i also agree with lucy where it's like that seems really dangerous to go for a yeah. false for injury the to the head. Or yeah i don't know it's all very very sketchy um, one piece of evidence introduced to support Rob's self-defense story is uh, a couple of amazing Facebook posts by Emmett that I will read to you now. Mm-hmm. So yes. again, these were entered or like presented for the possibility of being entered as evidence that Rob felt threatened by Emmett. Can we read them the way that we did our? <gasps> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ab- yes. Absolutely. Who wants to be Emmett and who wants to me, be response me, me, me. from another? I will be, I'll be res- Emmett. I'll be response from another. Fantastic. Okay. And scene. Okay. Nothing better than having someone try and call you out. And when it comes go time, they end up pissing their pants and not wanting any part of what they started. I had that happen to me tonight, too. When I came back and said, let's do this, he backed down like a baby back bitch. 
<laughs> okay, so baby back bitch is my new fucking favorite thing. I want my baby back, baby, baby back, baby. I want my baby back, chilies, baby, baby back, back, bitch. bitch. <laughs> Barbecue sauce. Fucking amazing. Okay, Emmett, continue. Baby back, bitch. bitch. Okay. Yeah, bro. Mine happened last week. Apparently, they talk, 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 smack in Cali. Here in Idaho, there we go, Idaho. There, there we are. Here in Idaho, talk is cheap. Throwing down settles it once and for all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now a second post that I could see being more admissible because it was from the day before all of this went down. Mm-hmm. Emmett, take it away. Okay. So sad seeing people get manipulated by people who abuse Lie and cheat. People like that need a serious ass kicking. (laughs) I would kick their ass, but they are too scared to throw down. LOL. (laughs) Next time, I'll film it for you. Thank you, ladies. That was absolutely beautiful. LOL. Um, the, the defense contended that these posts were relevant nah. and admissible under Idaho rule of evidence 803-3 to show Emmett's then existing state of mind in order to establish that he was the aggressor. Nah. However, the state objected on the ground that the statements were hearsay and not within the state of mind ex- exception because they do not reflect Emmett's state of mind on the date the posts were made, much less on the date he was killed. The state also asserted that they were inadmissible under Idaho Rule of Evidence 403. The district court ruled that the posts do not specify who the male is that Emmett Corrigan is even referring to mm-hmm. and is highly speculative that this desire pertained to the defendant, Rob Hall. I agree. And that the evidence would not be admitted because it it is hearsay and irrelevant. I totally agree. I'd I'm just agree so that. fucking glad the legal document included these Facebook mm-hmm. posts because I love them. Yeah, they were, that's <laughs> a bit of a stretch. People say all kinds of bullshit online. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the trial lasted only 10 days, and in 2013, the jury found him guilty of second degree, like heat of the moment murder, and he was sentenced to 30 years in prison. A Wait, local news Rob source was. reports. Huh, yes, Rob. Okay. Emmett's dead. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, A local news source reported that at his sentencing, he was seemingly remorseful and apologetic for what he had done. As for the wives left behind in this whole debacle, my heart really goes out to Emmett's wife, Ashley. First of all, she didn't know that he was having an affair and only found out on the night he was murdered. Also, she had five kids. Also, she's the only one in this story not cheating. Yep. And so as if you can't even fucking imagine that she's also super pissed at candy because candy being a paralegal for Emmett knew Ashley like offered to babysit their new baby came over and met their kids. No, like this woman was in Ashley's life. Not a lot, but in Uh, it, you're not allowed to play nice to the woman who's married to the guy you're fucking. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. Mm -hmm. No. Mm -hmm. And Ashley actually went as far as to file a restraining order against Candy that remains in effect until 2023, but she lifted it for 24 hours to appear on Dr. Phil with Candy in a, like, years later reunion. They hadn't seen each other since the trial, and then they saw each other on Dr. Phil. Oh my god, you guys. I can't. Steve, Steve, Steve. It was... In 
intense. Oh, oh my god, send you the have links. to watch it. I will. I basically I don't have like cable or any way to stream this really, so I just uh, watched like a lot an of hour it's on Facebook <laughs> of YouTube clips that are out completely out of order about their reunion, and mm. I was like really not following super well, but it was bonkers and I was riveted. So I'll yes. try and dig up some of these links and send them because they are amazing. Oh my god, and that is my case. Nice. Exactly, Work. Dr. Phil. Yeah, exactly. honey. Wow. I know Dr. These Phil. So you had Sally Jesse and I had Dr. Phil. Yeah. I know. Good. Yeah. Good app. I really loved Googling love triangle leads to death or turns deadly yeah. is what I started yeah, with. Fatal pretty, love triangle. That's what I Googled was fatal love triangle. So good. So good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Special thanks. Let's do it. Special do it. thanks this week to us. Us. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. For choosing this amazing topic. Thank you. You're us. welcome. This was really fun. <laughs> Take it away, Amanda. Special thanks also to Alexa Forsman. You for- I'm forcing you to love us. You forced our hand Man. and we will thank you. For it. Yeah, You're thank you for force, your $5 man. a month. Yeah, donation. <laughs> thank you to Kristen with an E. Kristen, mm. I'm going to give you a 10. Because you're giving us a five. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Shout out to Sally, Annie, and Aaron Ravanos. Ravanos. Keep it in the family. You are making me ravenous for your $5 a month. Thank Sally, Jesse, and Raphael Ravenos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. If I have the misfortune of having any children but three children, I'm naming them Sally, Sally Jesse, and Raphael. And Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> this is happening. Or I'll just get three fish and name them. I was them just going to say, just go with fish. It's a lot yeah. cheaper. <laughs> so much easier. Uh, Shannon Burton. You're not a burden on us. You're helping lift the burden of our financial woes. Thank you for your donation. Thank you to Taylor Fields. Ooh. I'm full of fields when I think about you. What? Oh, fields? Okay. Oh, like fields. Like fields. Okay. Uh, got fields. It. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Shout out to Laura Nybaum. Nybaum. I cannot deny Your leaves are so unchanging. God, choir kid over no. here. Da-da. No one. Anyway, Lisa Pallard, thank you so much for providing a little pronunciation Pollard. guide. Pronounced Pallard. It's written right there, honey. I would argue that that's pronounced Pal. Paul. Well, I would argue that the person whose name it is knows how to pronounce their name. So, Lisa Pallard, you're a real pal. Thank you for your $5 a month donation. I agree. It's you're such a Paul. <laughs> I'm a You two are such <laughs> assholes. We got a pronunciation guide and we can't <laughs> execute it. <laughs> you two can't. I did just fine. I think you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> Okay, Jasmine Allen. Is it my turn? Yeah. I think so. Jasmine, you have the coolest spelling of your first name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you 
Remind me of jazz. Jazzy Jazzy. Jasmine and all that jazz. (laughs) Your jazz is mine. I need to be a radio DJ. (laughs) Shout out to Ashley Mittag. Uh, You're a Maytag repairman. What was that? That's German. Oh, it's it's the days of the week in German. Yeah. Montag, talk. I'm gonna get so many emails. Oh, Whatever. that is so it's creepy. It's the tune. You're right. You're right. That brought me back. Apologies, Ashley. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Lynn Van Hoos. Ooh. You sound like a vampire slayer, mm. and I fucking Lynn love Vanderpump Hoos. Vanderpump Van Helsing Van Hoos. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing an outfit made entirely of textured black leather right now. Oh, I really hope so, because <laughs> yas. Casey Alvestad Erith. Ooh, you sound like an elven yeah. priest. That's yeah. Erith on the side of caution and... Thank oh. thee. <laughs> thank thee. <laughs> uh, thank you for your donation. Also, thanks to Maddie Barry. We are not mm. Maddie at you, and I cannot bury to be without you. You're sweet as a berry. <laughs> You're very, very good. We're giving. generous. We're very, very grateful. <laughs> uh, as we are to Kayla Vitri. There's no vitriol in Ooh. my tone when I say thank you for your donation. <laughs> All right. Friendly reminder, you can increase your Patreon pledge like Ooh, and we love Andy Gunderson did, Woo. increasing their pledge from $1 to $5 per mo. You thank you, Andy. You're a real dandy. Increase. Andy, nice and dandy. And also an increaser from 2 to $5 a mo. Aileen Parr, you are above par. Love well, it. It's poor. Uh, <laughs> it's China. <laughs> God, I hate you both. It's pur. Uh, it's pure. It's pear. <laughs> Thank you to Krista Beth Larson, a Swedish Minnesotan living up in Duluth. My golly, you must be so cold right now, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. And you'll a be getting a flexible wanglass in the mail. Keep you, you sure toasty. will, honey. Thank you to... Ooh. <laughs> you got this. You got this. Rita. Valley Harvey. Valley Harvey? I Valley Harvey hardly knew her. <laughs> <laughs> you are Valley Harvey. Super up your name. <laughs> so good. Shout out to Shelby Thompson. Shelby, drink your juice out of your new fucking patriarchy one glass. Yes. <laughs> My little peach. And if it's possible that this is a former employee of mine, if it is you, I love you. If it's not you, I love you. <laughs> uh, also, thank you to Trey Stroud. And mm, loud you, and Stroud. Loud and str- <laughs> say it loud, say it Stroud. You're giving $10 a month, and we so appreciate your donation. You're going to get one of them fucking patriarchy wine glasses. Yes. As is Coral Benjamin. Coral! Coral! <laughs> <laughs> who increased uh, their pledge from 5 to $10 a month to get to that special free flexible wine glass tier 
Thank you, Coral. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, is it my turn? Ginger Gray. Yes, 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 That sounds like a protagonist in a romance novel, Ginger Gray. Oh, really good cocktail. I was thinking a cocktail. Yeah, a really good cocktail. Yeah, Ginger Gray with a twist on the rocks. Um, yes. Also, Ginger is BFFs with Shannon Burton, who we shouted out earlier Ooh, in this special thing. MJ, friends who Patreon together. Stay Patreon stay stay together. Stay up late together. Oh. <laughs> and thank you to Shay Kreppel, Kreppel, Krabappel. You are giving $15 a month, and you're going to be getting some trash in the mail. Mm-hmm. Crush it. Mm-hmm. Kreppel's crushing. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Whitney Manus. Mana. You're like Manas from heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you're Seven giving $25 a month. Hi. Hello. Thank we you love. so much. Send us your you get to pick a case. episode pick or case pick. And or topic. Yeah. Also, uh, Alyssa Peterson. Peterson. Hardly know her son. Um, <laughs> Nailed it. Send us your episode fan pick. Yes, please. And if you are like all of my exes and are afraid of commitment, you can give a once-off donation via our online store, wineandcrimepodcast.bigcartel.com, and we will thank you, just like Kristen Heaton, who gave us 10 bucks. That, as I like to say, that's an order of mozzarella sticks, Mm -hmm. and we are forever grateful. Mm -hmm. Or a bottle of wine. With ranch. Totally. Totally. We'll take the mozzarella sticks. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thank you to Jackson Lear. You're such a dear. You gave us a $25 once-off donation, and Jackson would like to say, Happy birthday, Lauren! Love, Jackson. This episode really proved what love can do. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy birthday, Lauren. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You got a good one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, my turn. Elspeth. Yeah. Elspeth Young Hog. Haug. Haug. This is my friend. Oh, this is your friend. Hi, Els. Oh, okay. I love you. My only thing is I also have a friend named Elspeth. Ooh. But that, not this Elspeth. But shout out. I this don't. Because I have four friends. <laughs> well, Lucy, this is kind of one of your friends because I believe Els was complicit in helping with the wine and crime themed cake that you were presented <gasps> with at the first live show. Oh my God. That was yeah. the She used to be on the pastry <laughs> team at Surly. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, Els. That yeah. was amazing. Oh my God. First Us Els have to stick together. And now this. This is, you've done too much. Yeah, you're amazing. And the very generous Maureen Aldrich gave us 100 doll hairs and says, happy tax season. <laughs> yes. oh, no. Thank you ladies for all you do and for helping fellow 30 somethings navigate life and going back to school. Woo! Bless your God darn heart, Maureen. Yes. That's a lot of mozzarella sticks, y'all. You got it, Maureen. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right. All right. We did See it. See you next week. Happy V-Day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. 
If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hey, Wine Coven. Hope you guys enjoyed tonight's show. We're just going to hop in here for a second to let you guys know about our new podcast, Associates Anonymous. The podcast where we kick it with you every Wednesday to discuss the horrors of working in customer service. Because let's be real. If there's anything that makes you want to drink more than murder, crime, patriarchy, all that dark ass shit, it's working with the public because that sucks. Um, So yeah, new topics every Wednesday, all sorts of fun stuff. You guys can listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Music. Yes. Also, be sure to like us on social media, um, primarily facebook.com slash associatesanonymous and instagram.com slash podcast. I'm Sweeps. I'm Giggles. And we will see you on Wednesday. Bye, guys.